to hold the hand of the one who holds the world. Lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we glorify you. We want to stand before you. Hallelujah. That close, intimate relationship and walk with you. With your Holy Spirit. situation that caused them to go astray in their life oh go to those parts right now to bring healing deliverance and freedom to the captives hallelujah thank you lord hallelujah we thank you for what you're doing in this service we honor you we welcome you holy spirit in jesus name and they all said amen, amen. take a seat hallelujah we have a banner right over there on our wall. Look at that. It says, Welcome, Holy Spirit. My question to you is, do we really mean it? Do we really mean it? When the Holy Spirit comes into a service, do, do, some people, their feathers get ruffled. Come on. The Holy Spirit's here to help us. The Holy Spirit's here to lead us and guide us. Amen. Turn to John Turn to John chapter 14, hallelujah, verses 15 through 17 today. I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. Hallelujah. John 14, 15 through 17. Oh, the presence of the Lord is awesome in this place. Hallelujah. I did, mm. Glory to God. Listen, John 14, 15 through 17 Jesus said this, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, the Trinity, or the Godhead, consists of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Basic Theology 101. Now, out of those three persons, the Holy Spirit is the only one that is on the earth right now. Right now. See, God the Father is up in heaven. Jesus is up in heaven. It, the Bible says that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God, making intercession for us believers. All right, so we got two out of the three are up in heaven. But the Holy Spirit is on the earth right now. And out of the three persons of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is the most neglected, yet the most vital in the life of a Christian. Did you hear me? I said, number one, he's the most neglected, yet he's the most vital for us, the Christian on this earth. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, when I say person, 
I'm not talking about having a physical body. All right? I'm not, not talking about having a physical body or having flesh. That's not the definition of a person. The pers- a person is defined as one that has a mind or intellect, will, and emotions. That defines a person. If, if up to this point, if your definition of a person was simply someone you can see in the flesh, you're too shallow. You've been too shallow. No, mind, will, and emotions. And the Holy Spirit possesses all of those attributes. He's a person. He is a person. Hallelujah. He has all three of those characteristics. And I am amazed at the resistance that many Christians have toward the ministry of the Holy Spirit in their personal lives and in a corporate setting in a church. It's amazing. The moment you quench or neglect or resist the Holy Spirit in your life, in your walk, you have just stepped over on the side of dead religion. You stepped over on the side of legalism. Spiritually speaking, many believers have a frozen pond in their life. What do you mean by that? Well, the Bible says that we're supposed to have the rivers of living water living on the inside of us. But some, many Christians get so cold spiritually that it just freezes up. See, the Holy Spirit's supposed to be living or moving water in your life. Like I said, in, your, in the Christian life, there's no standing still. You're either moving forward or you're going back. You're, you're, there's never just a standstill mode in the Christian life. You're either moving forward or you're going back. So where are you heading? What track are you heading down today? Jesus called the Holy Spirit your helper. You and I need him to bring life to us as Christians. That's why if you don't have him working in your life, then it's just dead religion. That's how some people can just come to church and think it's boring. Because you're grieving, you're quenching the Holy Spirit. And it's just dead religion to you. Are you hearing me? You and I need the Holy Spirit because he's the one that brings life. How many of you sense the presence of God in here today? There is a refreshing, wasn't there? There was a joy. There was a peace. That's the Holy Spirit. And that's what he desires to do in our life. We need him to lead us, direct us, to fill us with the power of God to overcome sin, the world, and the devil. Turn with me to Revelation 3.20. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, Jesus wouldn't have sent him if he would, if it, Jesus wouldn't have sent the Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit wasn't profitable to us as Christians. Amen. I, I found out something about God. He doesn't waste his time and he doesn't waste his resources. So if he doesn't, who wastes his time? Who wastes his resources? That's, that's right. We do. We do. We need to tap in. We need to draw out of the wells of salvation in, in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now look at Revelation 3.20 says this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Now, I don't know about you, but the words in my Bible are what? Red. The red letter edition, for those of you who don't know, that means when your letters are red, it means that Jesus Christ is doing the speaking. All right? And so this scripture here, 
was written to Christians. A lot of times we use that scripture for, for the unsaved and stuff. But in the context of this scripture, Jesus is talking to Christians. Come, now follow me on this. The book of Revelation is in the New Testament. Amen, right? But Jesus is saying this. Listen now, that he is standing at the door knocking on your heart. Now, what's the significance? Jesus is saying that. Well, I just got done telling you that Jesus is up in heaven, right? I just got done telling you that Jesus is up in heaven, and Jesus is, his feet aren't going to hit the ground on this earth until the second coming, his second coming. Well, where are you going with this, Pastor James? What I'm talking about is Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit standing at the door of your heart on his behalf. Oh, come on, follow me now. Jesus himself isn't, isn't standing there knocking on the door. Who is it then? Who's the only person of the Godhead on the earth today? The Holy Spirit. Now, you're with me, good. Listen, this scripture implies then that if you neglect and refuse the Holy Spirit in your life as a Christian... You are neglecting and refusing Jesus Christ himself. Now think about this. This is pretty powerful stuff here. If you, re, if you neglect, if you resist and refuse the Holy Ghost to work in your life, you're refusing Jesus Christ himself. And listen, God the Father is also in unity with this because the Trinity is in unity with each other. In other words, when when Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit didn't say, you know, Jesus, I really don't want to go down. No, they're all in unity. They work together. Amen? This is an extremely important subject that we as Christians must understand. We need to understand the truth from the Word of God on this matter. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to believers after his ascension into heaven. So to reject the one, the sent one, the one he sent, you're rejecting the one who sent him. Man, the same goes with spiritual authority within the body of Christ or in a local church. To be rebellious against a local, a local church's leadership is to, is to resist against the one who put the leadership in place. Right? When a, when a child is, is rebellious against their parent, God set order in families, right? So when the child rebels against the parent, the child's being rebellious against God. You see the chain of command here? I'm trying to open your eyes how important it is for us to be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit and to allow Him to work in our lives. Amen? Now, uh, go to Hebrews 3. I want to show you something here. Hebrews three, chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, uh, verses 7 through 19 says this, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says. Now, keep in mind, if the Holy Spirit is saying it, Jesus and God the Father are saying it also. Amen? Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. He's talking about the children of Israel. We'll get into that in a minute. Therefore, I was 
Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Verse 12, beware, brethren, lest there be be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So not hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit says that you're departing from God in your Christian walk. But I exhort one another daily, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if, say if, we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, here he says it again. You know, I found out when God re-emphasizes something, he's trying to get a point across. We need to listen up. Listen to this again. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the, day of, as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Again, he's talking about the children of Israel. He's given us an example of what not to do. Now, with whom uh, was, was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? Man. And to whom he did swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey. So we see they could not in, enter in because of unbelief. What's he talking about entering into? The rest of God. The peace of God. He's talking to Christians here. He's not talking to an unbeliever because an unbeliever doesn't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. Amen? Wouldn't make sense. An unbeliever is not going to have peace because an unbeliever doesn't have Jesus. Amen? He's talking to Christians here. He says, if you hear his voice, don't be rebellious. Rebellion, now write this down if you're taking notes, rebellion will give you a one-way ticket to the wilderness journey. And the fruit of that journey, of that trip to the wilderness, comes with it the restlessness or lack of peace in your life as a Christian. How many Christians have we seen walking around? They say they're Christians, yet they're the the grumpiest people around for crying out loud. Not one bit of peace. Peace. Well, the first place to check is, have you hardened your heart? Is your heart hardened against the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Amen? The Holy Spirit is there to help you. The Holy Spirit is, try, is there to reveal things in your life to get you back on that track of blessing. If we could just take hold of that. He's not there just trying to pick on you and wants to take the big old stick and spank you. Are you hearing me? God is for you, not against you. But you got to work with him. You got to work with this Holy Spirit. Amen. So we see that you know a lot. Of, there's a lot of Christians that, that are just totally lacking peace. The Word of God says, "Don't forbid speaking in tongues." Yet many Christians forbid it. The Word of God says, "Despise not prophesying," but many Christians despise and won't hear or won't let the gift of prophecy flow in their life. What's the problem here? Where's the disconnection? It all comes down to the ministry of the Holy Spirit and whether they're accepting him or not. Now, have you ever gone to someone's house 
and they made you feel so welcomed. Man, you walked in and you could just sense the love in that place. You know, you, you, you walked in and it was like, man, they were just so accommodating to you. And it's like, man, I feel like I'm right at home sitting on my own couch. But on the other side of the coin, have you ever been in a place where you were not welcomed? Come on. In fact, you were treated like dirt. You were treated poorly. The host's attitude stunk, and frankly, you couldn't wait to get out that door. I wonder how the Holy Spirit feels, feels in some churches. I wonder how the Holy Spirit feels, uh, feels in some people's personal lives. He's no different. I said he has a mind, will, and emotions. Right? The Bible says it's possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen? Just like you can be grieved when someone treats you like dirt, you go ahead and you, you ignore the Holy Spirit and you treat him like dirt and try to shut him up, it's no different. You can, you know, you can hurt the Holy Spirit's feelings. Come on, let's just bring it down to a level that we can understand here. You can hurt the Holy Spirit's feelings. Mm. We, need to, we need to bring it home. We really need to think about this in our lives. So today now, I set the stage. Today I want to talk about how to make the Holy Spirit feel welcome in your life as a Christian. That's the title. How to make the Holy Spirit feel welcome. I just don't want a banner up here telling it. I want to live it. Do you? I want to live it. I want him to just feel so comfortable in my life where he has the liberty. You know, when you have a friend and you're going out of line, maybe there's a sin in your life, and you have a friend that you're real close to that you listen to, and that friend says, you know, Andrew, you have this problem in your life, and you know, I'm really concerned about you. you. You allow that person to speak into your life. Are you hearing me? You allow that person to speak into your life. We need to be the same way with the Holy Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit feels at liberty. Because he's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way in. But we need to make the Holy Spirit feel at home in us. We need to be his friend. Where he feels he has the liberty that, boy, if he tells you something, you're going to take it to heart. You're going to make some changes in your life. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. So in many believers' lives, the Holy Spirit's not welcomed. If he's not welcomed... He's either neglected or tolerated. Neglected or tolerated. All right, but let's get into this. How do we make the Holy Spirit feel welcome in our lives? Number one, first of all, to make the Holy Spirit feel welcome in our life, you need to glorify Jesus. You need to glorify Jesus in your life. Go to John 16. Let me show you something here. John chapter 16, uh, verses 13 through 14. Oh, the Holy Spirit feel, will feel very welcome when you glorify Jesus in your life. John 16, 13 and 14 says it all right here. However, this is, the words are in red. That means that Jesus is doing the talking here. He says, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, or the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will, he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it unto you. The Holy Spirit's main mission on this earth is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And when you take time to glorify Jesus in your life, he feels welcome. He feels right at home. When you choose by your free will, how many of you know we're not robots, right? By your free will to glorify Jesus in your life, oh, he loves it. He loves it. When you lift up Jesus, the Holy Spirit can't help but manifest or reveal his power in your life and in your ministry. When you lift up the name of Jesus. See, listen to me now. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, they come as a package deal. In other words, don't think that you can have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life without a personal relationship with Jesus. Think, come on, how many Christian, wacky Christians have you seen out there? Oh, I want the power of the Holy Ghost, and they're taking Jesus' name in vain. Don't expect, don't expect the Holy Ghost to, to, to give you his power if you're not glorifying Jesus in your life. Don't think that you can have a relationship. Let me touch on this. Don't think that you can have a relationship with God the Father while taking Jesus' name in vain. Look at, go to 1 John. Let me show you something. Come on. It's like you wanting to have a, a, a close friendship with me, and at the same time you're treating my wife and my kids like trash. It's not going to work. Are you hearing me? It's not going to work. Don't expect kissing up to me and treating my family like dirt. You're not winning any brownie points. Amen? 1 John 2, 23 through 25. It says, whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised to us, eternal life. Listen, Jesus is the Word, right? The book of John, chapter 1, reveals that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is called the Word. He's the living Word. Amen? The Bible also calls him the Alpha and the Omega. What does that mean? He's the beginning and the end, right? If you continue with him from the beginning of your Christian walk until the end, until you take your last breath, that's what he wants. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He wants you to hang with him. He wants you to abide with him until the end. And when you're hanging with Jesus, you're hanging with the Holy Ghost. Think about this. Glory to God. Secondly, so number one, glorify Jesus in your life. Secondly, to make the Holy Spirit feel welcome in your life, you need to clean your house by putting your life in order. You need to clean your house by putting your life in order. When you have a visitor over your house, you clean it, right? And you try to maintain it, right? Maybe some. Some, some, some can kind of connect with me on this, maybe. But when you have a visitor, most people, they, they clean before the visitor comes, and they try to maintain it, right? Well, how about your life? As a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. We need to keep our lives in order. We need to remove the junk from our lives that would grieve the Holy Spirit. Anything in our life that would cause that disconnection between the Holy Spirit and us, we need to get rid of it. We need to clean house. Amen? So clean up the messy areas of your life. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 
verses 14 through 18. The Holy Spirit feels really uncomfortable and grieved when your life isn't in order. Well, what are you supposed to order it with? The instruction booklet. B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. Right here. Hallelujah. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship or communion has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? Now listen. Notice here, it doesn't say that he won't dwell with it. He said it shouldn't. Uh, Come on. We need to get it out by our own free will here. And what accord has Christ with Belial? What's he talking about? He's talking about what, what part does Christ have with the devil? Amen? No part. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? How many idols do you have in your life? How many idols do you have in your home? I'm t- home meaning your life. For you are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. Well, you know what separate means? Holy. Be holy. To be holy means to be separate. Says the Lord, do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. The last time I checked, this was the New Testament. Amen? Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now look at 2 Corinthians 7.1, just right after. It says, therefore, having these promises. So first off, in, in the end of that verse, he says, you know, don't touch the unclean thing. Clean up your life. He goes, I'm going to receive you then. So therefore, having these promises, beloved, talking to Christians, he doesn't call it an unbeliever, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting, there's the H word that a lot of people don't like to hear, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting. Don't let that word perfecting, or perfect or perfecting throw you off. All that means is grow to maturity. In your spiritual life. Be mature. Be spiritually mature. Amen? Amen. Always remember this. If it doesn't, if something in your life doesn't agree with the word of God, the Holy Spirit won't agree with it. Plain and simple. Oh, how do I know if the Holy Spirit's grieved or not? Well, get in the word. Find out what he, everything's right in there. There's no secrets in the Christian walk. Come on. Everything you need to know is in the instruction booklet. It's right there. So don't, you know, don't be thinking, oh, Holy Spirit, am I supposed to live with this person before? No. It's right here. Don't waste your breath. It's right here. Amen? Hallelujah. Some Christians get so kooky. Amen? How you like that word? Kooky. (laughs) Hallelujah. So if it doesn't agree with the word of God, the Holy Spirit won't agree with it. The Holy Spirit was the author of the Word of God that inspired the writers of the Bible. Amen? Everything He wants us to live, the secret to walking in power with God, is all in the Word of God. 
Amen. Dwell with the Holy Spirit according to knowledge. You know, there's a scripture that tells husbands to dwell with their lives, with, with their wives according to knowledge. Remember that scripture? Husbands, dwell, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. In other words, get to know what she's like in, in that relationship. Get to know what she doesn't like and don't do it, stupid. <laughs> right? Dwell with them according to knowledge. Get to know them. Get to know them intimately. If she doesn't like something, don't keep doing it. Amen? Maybe that's a word for someone in here today. Well, listen, I'm, I'm bringing it home to the Holy Ghost now. I, oh, that must have hit a nerve somewhere, boy. Listen, <laughs> hey, dwell with the Holy Spirit according to knowledge. Get to know what he likes. Get to know what he doesn't like in the word. Amen? Dwell with him according to knowledge. Hallelujah. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Amen? You got a cruddy marriage? Do something different in the marriage. <laughs> Some kooky Christian will take this and run with it if I didn't clarify that. Because all these sermons go on the internet and I'm getting emails from people all over the world saying they, they're listening to our sermons. So stay married, amen. <laughs> but listen, dwell with the Holy Spirit according to knowledge. Get in the word, find out what pleases him. Find out what grieves him. There are no gray areas when it comes to sin. There are absolutes, right and wrong. Right and wrong. Either something grieves the Holy Spirit or something doesn't. Are you hearing me? The Holy Spirit doesn't have to take Prozac. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? I heard that in my spirit, man. Something either grieves him or it makes him happy. Where you at? Where you at? The Bible says that he that's joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Now, that's not some new age concept. You're not God. What that's talking about, he that's joined unto the Lord. There's unity between you and the Holy Spirit in your life. And if you're walking around and you're feeling grieved, it, you better check up on the Holy Ghost. Say, Holy Ghost, are you grieved about something in my life? Because he that's joined unto the Lord is one spirit. There's unity. Amen? And if you're right, if, I mean, if you're, if you're making him happy, there's going to be peace and joy flowing in your life. So why aren't you experiencing fullness of joy in your life? Where's the dam at in your life, in the river? Someone's got to remove a dam this morning. Maybe several dams. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So allow the Holy Spirit to assist in the cleaning process. He'll take you so far. He'll reveal things to you. But ultimately, it's up to you and I to carry it out. It's up to you and I to make those changes in our lives, right? Remember, the Holy Spirit, Jesus called the Holy Spirit the helper or the one called alongside to help. He's not going to do it for you. I said he's not going to do it for you. And that goes with speaking in tongues, by the way. So many people, you know, we pray for them to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. They're like, all right, start using your prayer language. Start speaking in tongues. And they're expecting their, that, that God's just up in heaven with a remote control and their mouth is just going to start yapping on its own. No, if your mouth starts yapping without your will in it, I'm going to cast the devil out of you. Are you hearing me? The devil will try to control you. No, 
you've got to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. He's called the helper. Amen. Glory to God. Someone needed to hear that too. Hallelujah. So give the Holy Spirit first place in your life. The priority seat in your life as a Christian should be reserved for him. There should be a reserve sign right on the priority seat of your life for the Holy Spirit. Amen? But, you know, when, when someone says that, they say, wait a minute, but what about Jesus? It's, it's a simple answer. Why aren't you forgetting about Jesus? Aren't you making a too big of a deal out of the Holy Spirit? Easy answer. When you're giving place to the Holy Spirit, you're giving place to Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says, the Bible says, no man speaking by the Spirit of God will call Jesus accursed. Are you hearing me? No, no man speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost is going to call Jesus accursed. No, but if you're speaking under the Holy Ghost, you're going to exalt, you're going to glorify Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. That scripture is, is in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 or 2, by the way. All right, thirdly. To make the Holy Spirit feel welcome in your life, you need to verbally welcome Him. Verbally thank Him for His presence in your life. You need to be polite and courteous to Him. See, don't disregard the Holy Spirit simply because you can't see Him. For cry, You know, crying out loud, many Christians regard the wind more than the Holy Spirit. I'm serious. I am totally serious. So many Christians, they have a hard time getting the concept of, of the Holy Spirit and how, yeah, but I can't see him. Yeah, well, you can't see the wind either. Do you believe that there's wind? You can see the results. You can see the winds, the trees swaying because of that wind. Well, when the Holy Spirit's active in your life, you'll notice the, the power of the Holy Spirit active. There will be results. There will be results in your life. So don't disregard him simply because you can't see him with your natural eye. He's there. He is there. And in Christians who are that are that point, the Bible calls them carnal. Calls them, what does that mean? It means you're regarding more to the flesh than to the spirit. Amen. The Bible says spiritual things are more real than the natural. Say this. Say, I am a spirit being. I possess a soul. Mind, will, and emotions. And I live in a physical body. All right. You're first and foremost a spiritual being. The, the real nature of you, first and foremost, is spirit. How do I say that? Because when you take your last breath on this earth and you croak, you're going up. Or you're going down one way or the other, depending on what you've done with Jesus. Your physical man, what you see, is going to go back into the dust. It's your spirit, the real you, that's going to live forever. Amen. So you better liven up, Christians, the spiritual things. That's one of the main thrusts in the training center, Revival Christian Training Center on Sunday nights, is we, we tr we're trying to we flip people over from, from the carnal, and, and we want to focus and get built up on the spiritual. I'll tell you what, we're seeing people on fire, aren't we? I mean, people are just growing by leaps and bounds. Oh, my goodness. really want to encourage you, if you're able, join it. I mean, the Holy Spirit shows up in a mighty way. Um... So every day now, you should acknowledge the work and the person of the Holy Spirit. Tell him, every morning when you wake up, tell him that you're open to hearing his voice. 
And you're open to sensing his leading, his promptings in your life. Go ahead, just give him that open invitation every day, every day. Holy Spirit, I'm open to hearing from you. I want you to lead me and guide me. You know, he appreciates that. He appreciates it. How many of you appreciate it when someone gives you an open door policy like that in their life? Right? Makes you feel good. Makes you feel connected to them, doesn't it? No different with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So we need to be polite. We need to be courteous to the Holy Spirit. We need to take into consideration His feelings. We need to take into consideration His feelings. Uh, For crying out loud, most people are polite to their boss. They're more polite to their boss than to the Holy Spirit. Come on. More polite and courteous to your grumpy boss who wouldn't care less to kick your tail to the curb. You're more polite to him than you are the Holy Ghost. The one that's on your side. The one who's rooting for you in this life. Do you ignore your boss when he walks into the room and says good morning? Huh? When, you, when your boss walked into the room and he says good morning, you probably get, get up and do an attention. Good morning, sir! <laughs> right? When your boss holds out his hand to sh- for you to shake it, do you ignore him? Most likely not. And if the answer is yes, you need a major attitude adjustment. <laughs> and you need to be looking for a new job. <laughs> Amen? Well, how often does the presence of the Holy Spirit manifest in our midst? And we just stand there like Forrest Gump instead of lifting our hands and bowing down on our knees to him, thanking him. Come on. We got a lot of Forrest Gumps in the church. Right? They stand there and they look clueless. We need to get in tune with the Holy Spirit. We need to become more intimate with him. We need to have that open door policy with him. Amen? He's just waiting for you. In fact, J- uh, James 4.8 says what? Draw nigh to God, and he will, or draw near to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Well, he's not talking about the Father or Jesus. They're up in heaven. So who's he talking to about? The Holy Spirit. Come on. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Draw nigh to him. You make the first step. Amen. He's waiting for us to make the first step to him. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way through. He's sensitive. He's sensitive. Are you hearing me? And a lot of times if we shut him up, we ignore him. How many of you have ever been in, in the wilderness journey? What do I mean by wilderness journey? Where it's just a dry, man, there's a dryness in your spiritual life. Oh, it, it's just, it's work to go to church. Man, it's, it's work to, reading the Bible at home apart from church, forget it. You read, you read the pages of the Bible, boy, and, and it's just like, you find yourself falling asleep. Why? Because you need the Holy Spirit's life. You need the life. You need the Holy Spirit to quicken you. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, 
We need to maintain a proper attitude toward him. We need to respond to him. Like I said, in the body of Christ, the Holy Spirit, he's either welcomed, tolerated, or flat out neglected. He's either welcomed, tolerated, or flat out neglected. By tolerated, I mean you know he's there, but you make it known by your attitude and by your actions that you're running the show and not him. That's what tolerated means. Yeah, yeah, he, I'm tugging him along here in my spirit man. My, my, my spirit man's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I know he's in there. Yeah, I tolerate him. But guess what? I'm running the show, Holy Ghost. I don't give you any place. Now, most Christians wouldn't dare say that, but by their attitude and by their actions, that's exactly what they're saying. Amen. Fourthly, to make the Holy Spirit feel welcome in your life, you must walk in love and reach out to those in need. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. The Holy Spirit's preparing this area, this congregation, I believe, for a mighty move and outpouring of His Holy Spirit. He's trying to prepare us. He's equipping us. He's giving us a clue through these sermons of how to welcome Him, how to treat Him. Holy Ghost etiquette, if you will. Amen? Ephesians 4, 26 through 32, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, husbands and wives. Oh, it didn't say that, did it? <laughs> Nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who needs. So in other words, stop stealing, work honestly, and help those in need. Verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for the necessary edification or building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. The context of this verse of grieving the Holy Spirit is not walking in love toward your fellow man. There, oh, you want to grieve the Holy Spirit? Fine, don't walk in, go ahead and you don't walk in love. That will grieve him real quick. Much of the body of Christ hasn't caught on to that yet. They rather hold on to their own emotions and bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness because they were wronged, yet they expect God to forgive them for what Jesus, you know, Jesus died on the cross. Wouldn't it have been so easy for Jesus to say that about us? Me? Go to that cross and hang on there and bleed and die for people who are cursing me on this earth? The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yet, we expect to have someone kiss up to us and do something for us before we make the move. No, God, oh, if God did that, guess what? We'd be on a one-way road to hell right now with no hope. Are you hearing me? So the context of this whole scripture of grieving 
The Holy Spirit is not walking in love toward your fellow man. There's countless numbers of Christians that, are, that cry to God day and night for more of his power while gossiping about a fellow church member. Or holding bitterness and unforgiveness toward another person. Yet they're on their knees, boy, they're crying out for a powerful move of God and God's waiting on them. He says no. First off, but I, they say, but I can't forgive them. I can't get rid of that bitterness. Let me give you a clue. God's not going to require something of you that you're not able to do. Are you hearing me? That would mean he's unjust. The fact is the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and with the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit once you were born again. Once you made Jesus Lord of your life. The, the fact is, yes, you can forgive. Yes, you can get rid of that bitterness. Yes, you can walk in love toward that individual that treats you like dirt. You can. And God wouldn't require it if it weren't possible. When your relationships, when relationships with your fellow man are corrupted with these things, the power supply from the Holy Spirit is shut off until you make it right. Until you make it right. That's why it says if you have ought against a person, go to them. Just go to them. Don't sit there and talk about them and make up things that you have no idea that's going on in their life. Are you hearing me? The power supply is shut off. Shut off. Until you make it right. And you clean some house. The Holy Spirit feels welcome in your life when you reach out to the sick and diseased. When you reach out to those in bondage. When you reach out to the poor. Those people down in Guatemala who need a home. When you send money down there, you're pleasing the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? Because you are doing the work of Jesus and glorifying him in those situations. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. Christians, you are the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth. That's why the, the Bible calls us the body of Christ. The body of Christ composed of all the Christians around the whole earth. And it's called the body of Christ. We're not meant to be the head. Are you hearing me? There's only one head. Anything with two heads is a freak. But many Christians are living their life like they're the head. No, the fact is we're called the body of Christ. Let Jesus lead us and guide us through the Holy Spirit. All you need to do is go where he tells you to go. Jesus is the brain of the body. But the, the body of Christ is, is pretty crippled right now. What do I mean by that? If someone has a crippling disease, something's wrong with the brain, right? Parts of the body move without the brain telling it to move. Catch on to this? Are you hearing me? We run off and do things without the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then we wonder where God was in the whole matter. Well, he didn't tell you to go do it. Maybe it was out of time. Maybe it wasn't the right timing for it. Are you hearing me? A healthy body, when the body of Christ is healthy, is when the body of Christ is willing to flow and be led by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Go to 1 Corinthians 14.1. 1 Corinthians 14.1 as I'm getting ready to close just to give you guys some hope out there. Hallelujah. 
Oh, there were times when I loved to hear that from a preacher. Although I didn't go to a spirit-filled church when I was growing up. So I loved when he said, as I'm getting ready to close, and I'm like, yes, well, time to wake up. All right, time to wake up, walk out to the car, time to go eat. <laughs> I grew up in a real religious atmosphere, boy. I won't, uh, I'll tell you personally what church I went to, but I won't say it on here because I don't want to muck up any names over the internet right now. Oh, hallelujah. But so, some of you can think about it and know what I'm talking about. 1 Corinthians 14.1. Listen to this. It says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but, it, but especially that you may prophesy. The Word of God tells us Christians to pursue love. To pursue, you need to look for opportunities. You need to create opportunities to bless other people. You need to run after love. Are you hearing me? Pursue it. Run after it. Go after it. Just oh, find someone to bless. Find someone. Find someone who's less fortunate. Find someone who's ignored in the church. Connect with them. Mentor them. Are you hearing me? Pursue it. Pursue love. You want the power? Who wants the power of the Holy Spirit in their life? All right. All right, well, if that's the case, it's a two-step process, and it's found right here in 1 Corinthians 14.1. It says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Desire spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit desires and looks for opportunities to manifest His power on this earth, but He can't do it unless you're following the instructions of the Bible. He said to desire spiritual gifts. You know, we call them spiritual gifts, but in the original Greek, you know what it really says? We call them the, the nine gifts of the Spirit. But really what it is, is the nine manifestations of the Spirit. Where He's revealing Himself. Where His power's being revealed. So how many want that in their life? How many want the power of the Holy Spirit flowing? Well, you need to have a desire to see His power then. It's not good enough just to pursue love. That's good, and that's number one on the list. But there's a lot of good people, Christians out there, who are pursuing love, but they don't have a lick of a desire to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. They don't have one desire to, to set someone free from evil spirits. They don't have any desire to see the miracle power working of God on this earth right now. And guess what? They don't. <laughs> they don't. They'll walk in love. Yeah, that's good and all good and stuff. But the Holy Spirit wants to manifest himself. He wants to manifest his power. And to have that, you've got to have a desire for it. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. So pursue love, desire spiritual gifts. But what I found out, that most Christians are pursuing spiritual gifts and forsaking love. And then they wonder why the power of God isn't moving like it should on this earth. If you're walking in love and desiring to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, we'll call them the gifts of the Spirit, you are setting yourself up for divine Holy Ghost appointments in your life. Because the Holy Spirit desires to flow through you, the Christian. The Holy Spirit, oh, I'll tell you, pursue love, desire the gifts desire the power of the holy spirit to flow through you the holy spirit says oh man 
Well, I, Janiah really wants, she really wants to flow in my power. Oh my, she's a willing vessel. All right, I'm going to set up this appointment with this individual, this sick person, and I'm going to lay it on Janiah's heart to pray for that individual. Are you hearing me? If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Isaiah 1, 19. That's how he works. That's how the Holy Ghost works. If you're willing, if you're pursuing love, if your motives are pure, are you hearing me? Motive, motives, are your motives pure? Do you just want to put a feather in your cap? Or are you looking to advance and glorify Jesus? Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts. There's a willing vessel right there. I think I'll use them today. That's all it is. It's not rocket scientist. It's not, it's not rocket science. But to have a desire to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, you need to have some knowledge of what it is you're desiring. In other words, you won't desire something that you don't know exists. There's a lot of, of well-meaning Christians out here in this, in, on this earth. They think the power of God stopped when the last apostle died. Are you hearing me? So they don't have a desire for more. They think it's just a one-day-a-week thing, going to church on Sunday, dressing up and going out, and, and that's it. That's it. That's what my life must consist of, and then when I turn 70, well, I guess I'll come down with some disease and I'll die. I'm serious. There's Christians who believe that. that that's where their faith level's at. I'm, I'm serious. Well, I guess, you know, just go to church, whatever the devil, you know, whatever the devil throws my, my way, but they think God's bringing it their way because they think everything that happens on this earth must be the will of God or else God wouldn't allow it. Are you hearing me? Like I said, if everything was the will of God, well, then rape and molestation must be the will of God then because right now someone's getting raped or molested. We've got a state trooper right here who sees all this junk on a daily basis, probably. And we have Christians saying that Everything is the will of God. Well, thank you for calling my God, the God of the Bible, a child abuser. My God's not a child abuser. The fact is, junk happens on this earth because we allow it to happen. Just how much more we need to get in prayer. We need to be in tune spiritually. Are you hearing me? Glory to God. God's not in it. God's not in that junk. He's into setting people free. But we are the body of Christ. He needs our partnership on this earth. Amen? If you haven't received the Holy Spirit baptism in your life, you need to. We need to dwell with the Holy Spirit according to knowledge. Don't just make the Holy Spirit feel tolerated, but make Him feel welcome to flow freely in your life. And remember, know this, always keep this in your memory bank, that the Holy Spirit is your biggest fan. He desires to see you prosper. He desires to see you walk in health. He desires to use you mightily to glorify Jesus on this earth. Revelation 3.20. Revelation 3.20, I read it earlier. It says this. The Holy Spirit is saying this to Christians right now. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him 
and dine with him and he with me. In other words, I want, the Holy Ghost is saying, I want that intimate walk, that intimate relationship with you. He desires it. Do you desire to hold the hand of the one that holds the world? Won't you allow the helper to help you? Are you wanting to help the helper? He's looking for a partnership. Won't you open the door to your heart to him right now? The, the door to all, all the parts of your life. Those dark places that you haven't allowed him into. Because it's too painful to go back there. Are you willing to open those doors for him? Because he's your biggest fan. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Father, set people free today. Let your light shine in the dark places of their hearts. Let your light shine and pierce through the darkness of their lives right now. That they will give everything they have to you. Now maybe there's someone in here you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. The Word of God says today is the day of salvation. Notice it's always today because you don't know if you walk outside of this door and you get in that car if you, you're going to get killed in a car accident. You just don't know. The Bible says why the Holy Spirit's tugging on your heart. Today, make Him Lord of your life. And step over that line onto God's side. That's what He's looking for. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward to this altar and I want to pray with you to have a new birthday, the born again experience. A new birthday. Hallelujah. Maybe you've made Jesus Lord of your life. Maybe when you were a little, little kid like this. Maybe you received him when you were an adult. But you know what? You strayed. You know you strayed. The Holy Ghost has your number. He's been tugging on your heart. He's saying, come back home to me, son. Come back home to me, daughter. That's what he's saying to you today. And frankly, you don't know if you take your last breath. You don't know if you'd be waking up in the pits of hell or in heaven. You just don't know. Well, that's, that's not good enough. You need to settle it today that you're on God's side. If you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to come forward to this altar. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Yeah, when you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you for you to lead you and guide you. Then the Holy Spirit baptism is an empowering to, for ministry. That's what it is. You want to walk in the power of God? You want everything that God has? You need all of the Holy Ghost in your life. And the only way to have that is to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. If you never have, I want you to come forward this morning. Maybe you need a physical healing in your body. Maybe you need an emotional healing. Maybe you have a bondage in your life that you just can't overcome. You need prayer today. I want you to come forward. And the rest of you just worship the Lord as this music plays. And give access to the Holy Spirit into every part of your life. He wants you. He wants that partnership with you.
all just lift up the name of Jesus verbally in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Glorify Jesus. Hallelujah. up the name of Jesus. Oh, without Jesus, we'd be in a world of hurt. We live in a world of hurt, but we're not of the world. Amen? Hallelujah, because we have precious promises. Glory to God. become new, that he's taken your sins, Christians, as far as the east from the west. Hallelujah. New creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Let go of some baggage. Someone here needs to experience their sins being as far as from the east, from the west. Hallelujah. Jesus is hugging on your heart. He's saying, come, come to me, and I'll make you brand new. That's what he's saying. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All because of Jesus. He is the only door. He's the only door to the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Love rains down because of you, Lord Jesus. Because he loved us this much on the cross. Are you hearing me? When he took those nails in his hands. Hallelujah.
Praise God. Praise God. Wonderful service. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing up. Thank you for ministering to your people. Hallelujah. Well, I will not be here Wednesday. Like I said, we're going out to Oklahoma to Winter Bible Seminar. And we will be back on Saturday. And and training center students, Wayne and I were were talking about this. He said, do you realize, because the last training center time uh, class next week, we're going to lay hands on all the students and believe the Holy Spirit for an impartation of spiritual gifts and boldness and all that good stuff. He said, do you realize the day before we're having that impartation service and you're just getting back from Ramah? Oh, are you hearing me? Every, t- every time I go down to Oklahoma to Winter Bible Seminar, I mean, the fire gets just relit. I mean, it's lit right now, but I mean, it's like throwing a little gasoline on the fire. Are you hearing me? So get ready, training center students. All right, turn to someone, greet them. Have a blessed week. I will see you next Sunday in Jesus' name.